Hello, hello everyone. I am Neha Vyas. My pronouns are she, her. Welcome to the Women X podcast. I am so excited to be interviewing Sinead O'Loughlin today about her wonderful, ripping, brilliant film called Lamb. Hi Sinead, it's so good to have you on the pod. Hi, thanks so much for having me. No, I'm so excited. I really loved your movie. Should we get started with a couple of like quick fire fun questions? Sure. Awesome. So big one. What's your favorite film? This is, a, yeah, it's not too quick because um, it changes all the time. It tends to be whatever I'm kind of interested in at the moment. So I rewatch mm-hmm. things. So at the moment, it's Zodiac by uh, the David Fincher film. Yeah. Oh, I love that one. And also, like, I feel like it's one of his more underrated ones, you know? Yeah, I, I'm kind of a bit in a serial killer kind of mode at the moment, just with something that I'd, I'd like to write. So I just really love the way he told that story and the and obviously his cast. And, you know, it's just it's so good. So, yeah, yeah. I rewatched that recently. So good. What's an upcoming film that you're looking forward to? Uh, there's a new Irish feature called, I hope I've remembered this correctly, uh, Apocalypse Clown. It had its premiere at Galway Film Flab, but I didn't get to see it, but I heard really good things. So that's going to be in the cinemas in September, I believe. So I'm really looking forward to seeing this. Oh, nice. I'm always really bad at keeping up with what's coming out. So yeah. I'm yeah. yeah. So it's bad hard to know. And if you could have dinner with three filmmakers, who would you pick? Again, I'm terrible at these things. So I'll pick the last three films that I watched. their directors because then I could talk to them about their films. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's... Uh, I've been to the cinema a lot lately. So Christopher Nolan, Greta Gerwig and David Fincher. So... Nice. If if you had to choose between Barbie and Oppenheimer, what are you choosing? I have to go with Oppenheimer because of Killian Murphy. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, yeah. That's fair. I have yet to see it. I've done the Barber of the Barbenheimer, but I've not done the. Okay. Yeah, okay. Not done Oppenheimer. Yet. Yeah. Awesome. So, like jumping straight in, can you talk about how you got into filmmaking and your experience in the industry so far? Sure. Um, so my background is actually theatre. I did my master's in drama and theatre. And then I did like an internship with a theatre company, you know, and I, I always like to write, but I kind of in theatre, I'm not sure what it's like in the UK, but you kind of tend to end up maybe going into the more producery admin roles. And I always wanted to work in film, but when I was interested in it in school, I'd kind of, I didn't really know how to go about it. And long story short, I had written a short play in college and there was a small amount of money available from my local arts office for artists who want to expand their practice, which is a really great kind of idea. So I, I asked if I could have the money to um, adapt my play into a short film. And I had never done anything like it before, but I had met two filmmakers as part of my work in theatre. They did video design. So I kind of went to them when I got the money and I said, oh, I want to make this film. I got money to adapt the script. And when I think about it now, I was so naive, but I was like, oh, you guys should direct it. (laughs) Because I had never directed a film before. And because they are really, really nice people, they were like, why don't you direct it yourself? Because I had directed the play, but I think I had it in my head that, you know, film was a real technical thing and that, you know, I didn't go to film school. And so I wouldn't know how to do it. And thankfully, because they were such nice guys and, you know, genuine collaborators, and I still work with them now, they were like, no, I mean, sure, we're the cinematographer, I'm the cinematographer, the editor, like we'll work around what you want. And, you know, and then that's how I directed my first short film. And um, that was Homecoming in 2016. So this film, Lamb, is my third film. And I just made a fourth one that's just been released over here. So yeah, so so here I am still at it. 
Awesome. Well, congrats on your new release. I don't know about that. I am keen to watch it too. Talking about Lamb, could you tell us about Lamb, you know, what it's about and what did your role involve as director of the film? Sure. So I also wrote it, which was handy because I, my previous film, Stray, I had worked with another person's script, but this was my own script. So Lamb is, I suppose the logline is, is an ordinary day that takes a sinister turn for a woman when a stranger walks into her isolated rural home. So I kind of didn't really think too much about the genre but I suppose it's kind of a psychological thriller and I'd never kind of written something like that before but I had the idea for it back in like 2018 and I kind of developed it into 2019 with Arcade Film and yeah we got uh, funding to make it and yeah it was an incredible experience it was also we shot it in the middle of the whole COVID thing so it was a very unique experience but I loved directing it and I loved it as, as a piece of writing as well and yeah here here we are and it's it's still on its festival journey and it's been a kind of crazy you know journey with us and it's still going which is amazing and audiences are really responding to it and just really grateful to all the festivals that program it. I'm really glad that audiences are responding to it I loved it. I thought it was so cool. Um, so you mentioned that you were sort of working on it from about 2018. Was there anything at the time or sort of three films that inspired Lamb? Yeah. So I suppose for me, usually, so it was an original story and then I kind of was, so I just really focused on, you know, finishing a, a full draft of it. And then what usually happens is I start talking to Dan, the cinematographer about how it looks. And those conversations are always like the reference films ones. So I think these even ended up in our sizzle reel when we pitched it to the funder, but we would have talked a lot about funny games because especially I loved that whole idea of it being, you know, beautiful, bright, early morning and, and this kind of juxtaposition of, of something kind of dark and sinister happening at that time of the day and in, in that sort of beauty and then talked a lot I know it's not film but um, I love Mindhunter and I had this whole thing about I really wanted to look into the kind of like it was a reverse interrogation at the table and so we were looking a lot at kind of like how those in you know interviews were constructed on Mindhunter and the power dynamic and things like that and then um, we also talked a lot about Silence of the Lambs particularly just about like the way it was shot in terms of you know whose perspective it was in in a you know in a situation where there's like male gaze or there's threat of violence and things like that and I love those conversations because that's when you start kind of seeing it but those would be kind of three references that we would have talked about a lot nice and I can I think I can see sort of where you may have been inspired by especially kind of mine hunter and silence of the lambs within lamb yeah no that's really cool that's really cool to hear so you mentioned that there are people that you've worked with from your first film and sort of when you were first starting out how did you find your crew for your first film and how did you kind of bring them into your vision? Oh, sure. So we were very fortunate that we received, you know, a night like state funding, if you like, that we have a state funder for film in Ireland and it's the largest kind of pot of money that you can get for a short in Ireland. So it's highly competitive. We got shortlisted for it in 2019. We got interviewed, but we didn't make it. And then we reapplied and um one of the benefits of it like everybody gets paid it's very fair like everybody has to get paid the same flat rate so the money is great for equipment and obviously you can work with more people and then like post-production houses but when it came to actually crewing up it was quite challenging you know because there'd been such a 
um, no, it's not even a delay. The production had been halted on everything for so long with COVID. And basically we got this window of time where the restrictions were somewhat lowered in Ireland. And I think internal travel was allowed. So a lot of people, so there was two challenges. First of all, productions had been delayed so long. Suddenly there was like a bottleneck of production. So everybody was really busy. So a lot of crew were working on a lot of big shows. Like I think something was shooting, Amazon was shooting something in Limerick and Disney, I think we're doing Ellen Enchanted and Wicklow. So like it was very hard for us with our little flat rate of whatever it is, 120 euro a day saying like, do you want to work with us for three days or do you want to work with a, on a Disney show for like six weeks? <laughs> so there was a shortage of crew, but you know, I had a lot of filmmaker friends. I was texting them, asking them for recommendations, numbers. There's a lot of flying around, you know, getting the right people and trying to fill all the spots. But the other challenge was accommodation because because staycations had reopened in Ireland, all of the Airbnbs, hotels were all booked up. And yeah, so there was there was a lot of practical challenges with it. But then uh, when it comes to the whole vision element, you know, again, a lot of meetings and stuff were quite stilted or online. You know, there's a lot of restrictions by meeting people in, in person. But because we had applied for funding the first year and didn't get it, we had a lot of materials prepared in terms of like lookbooks, costume, um, shot lists, scissor reel. And that was really helpful to, you know, be able to share with people but I think with the people that we were working with as well because they'd come recommended um, you know I just had a lot of conversations with them to get on the same page and in many ways obviously the vision has to be very clear but it was a kind of simple setup in that it's one you know, it's essentially one long scene in one location. Um, it's very actually theatrical in a way because it's like, a you know, it's just in this one place and we wanted to kind of, you know, and it relies very heavily on performance. So once the crew were on board, I mean, you, I think we could kind of see very quickly what we were trying to do because there wasn't loads of locations. There wasn't a lot of movement. So production design was very, very important as well because we were using a very empty space and um, our production designer was amazing. And, you know, everybody really just came through um you know because all the usual challenges are there not enough time not enough money you know <laughs> yeah yeah and it's really interesting also what you just said about the film is theatrical I hadn't picked up sort of I hadn't really thought about that and that sort of ties in with your experience in theatre it's such a cool sort of the way that you're bringing your own expertise into something else that you're like an expert in and also really passionate about like it's quite nice to see those two worlds bridge which is great you t you just touched on it but could you talk a little bit more about the funding process for them sure so again not sure how it how it kind of goes parallel with with other countries but i suppose from going to other international film festivals especially in the states it, it, i'm really grateful that we have state funding for film in ireland so our funder is called screen ireland and as i said they have a um, short film fund called focus shorts and so it's highly competitive and the budget is 50000 euro um it's now it's since been increased to 60000 but at the time there was only ever like they they would award it to four projects a year they've since increased that as well which is great so we applied for that in 2019 and as I said got shortlisted for interview but didn't kind of make it over the final line so we were happy with the script we didn't get a huge amount of feedback in a good way I kind of felt maybe it was my experience because I'd only just made my second film so I was kind of thinking okay and you could apply with the same project again the next year but that was it you only had like two shots so we kind of put our heads together myself and RK film are like okay what's the weakness here and we really felt like we needed a dedicated producer and also we kind of wanted to push ourselves you know to expand our circle so we asked Lara Hickey from Copperelli Productions to come on board as producer which she did and uh, yeah we got shortlisted 
for interview again and then we heard that we got it like the the challenge again was was covid related really because it was the last funding application that i did it was march 2020 when i dropped it in and i remember going around the corner to the cinema everybody was kind of starting to talk about COVID. There was a film festival on in Dublin and I went to the cinema literally after handing in the application, like emailing it in. And I remember people were joking um, they were introducing the film and they were joking about whether to shake hands or not. And I remember sitting in the cinema because it was full and there was just a really weird vibe. And then of course the whole world shut down. So we put in the application in March, but we actually didn't hear about being shortlisted for interview until I think it was about October. And then we interviewed in November, I think, and got it then. But what I'm the reason I'm saying that is that we were just so grateful that they went ahead with the scheme at all. We fully expected them to cancel it, but they 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 went ahead with it. So we we found out we had the funding and then the challenge was to kind of wait and see when or if we could film it. And that happened in June 2021. So out of the four short films that got funding, we were the first to shoot. Uh, because we were told that we would be premiering in Galway the following year. So that's the longest kind of potential post-production time I've ever had on a short. But we kind of let that run away on us then because we were the last to deliver, which is very bold. <laughs> but I do think that extra time was great for me personally with Lamb because I like an edit where you can make, I think the edit was so important with this piece that it was really great to have the extra time to like work on it and then leave it for a few weeks and then go back and work on it again. You know, it's the same with writing. It's if you can have that luxury to kind of like put it away for a while and then go back to it with fresh eyes. I think it really helps. Yeah. It sounds like that kind of longer time. Yeah. I gave you time to refine it or to go back and work at it almost at your own leisure or pace. Yeah, that's interesting. I would never have thought of that. Thank you for sharing. So what was your festival plan and how did you put it together? I'm only having this conversation with, uh, you know, um, I co-directed my latest short that just came out and, you know, we were just had that conversation about festival strategy and, you know, we all have different experiences. I don't think you you, you ever really kind of finesse a strategy in the sense that every time you do it, you think, okay, we're definitely not going to miss any deadlines and we're definitely going to know who to go for next and everything. But I think the main thing I've learned is that every film is different, you know, not just in kind of like, you know, because obviously different genres and stuff but you know audiences are different and sometimes you just don't know how a film is going to like resonate or where it's going to resonate until it's out there so you can try and put your strategy in place but it's very hard it's very expensive and it can take you can, can become a bit obsessive and your excel spreadsheet is up the yin yang but <laughs> i um we were very fortunate with lamb that tribeca invited us to premiere there and um screen ireland had sent a rough cut to them and they came back and said that they were interested in it that's when we were like okay well we better bloody get the the edit over the line and um we sent them the finished cut but and we were like I was kind of like I can't even think about it because I don't want it to influence the final decisions we make I was like we need to make sure that it's the film we want to make and then we send it to them and if they want to show it that's great and we were so so grateful that they did because it was amazing to have that as our world premiere and I got to go which was fantastic so like we had a very good launch pad with that because you know um it just gives the film an extra boost at the start in terms of eyeballs reviews um you know it looks good and all the rest of it then we had our Irish premiere in Galway uh, film flower which is very well regarded as well after that you know I think most people probably aim to prioritize like academy award qualifying festivals as much as you can um this was a funny space for me as well because I realized that the film 
possibly had appeal for genre festivals um because I love horror myself like more the kind of psychological horror than the actual blood and gore but I I, I never really thought of Flam as kind of a, being a genre film until you know it did end up starting getting uh, reviews from like horror um, magazines and like Dread Central and stuff like that so I was like okay cool so that's a new festival pool that I've never looked at before I'm kind of just doing a dive into that at the moment but it still surprises me I still don't feel like I know what I'm doing like the film did very well in the states and did very well in the UK but we haven't actually had a, a European screening yet that's just the way it goes. And then I kind of thought a year after the film was out, they tell you like 18 months, I think realistically, maybe 18 months, two years, if you're kind of smart about it, you know, that you can try and get your film out there. But we just won a prize at the weekend and it's completely like we, I thought maybe we were on the wind down. I was like, oh, you know, it'll probably start to slow down towards the end. But we just won a prize at, at an Academy Festival at the weekend, which which means we're now on the long list for the Oscars, which is nuts. So I'm like, okay, we're not slowing down anymore. <laughs> so it just, it continues to surprise me. You'll get no's from festivals that you thought were, sh- were sure things. And and nobody ever hears about the no's, but every single filmmaker knows that pain. And then you'll get yeses from like Santa Barbara was a huge surprise to me because we entered it late, which was a little foolish. It was expensive, but I was like, oh crap, can we, can we throw it in? And, you know, and some part of your brain, the suspicious filmmaker brain is like, they probably don't even look at late submissions. They just take the money and run. <laughs> but they obviously did. And they programmed us. And I had, I, I, I managed to get over to that festival as well, which was brilliant. So yeah, like it's, it's a mixed bag. I wish I had better advice. It's just try not to be too hard on yourself. Like it's a minefield out there, <laughs> you know, Yeah. say yeah. like this, the smaller festivals are always amazing, especially as a filmmaker, because you have a higher chance of being able to attend. And then also they're just so much more intimate and you end up having great chats and conversations. So Big doesn't always necessarily mean better either. You know, the people I've met, anybody I've kind of ended up working professionally with or maybe possibly collaborating with has been through, you know, chats at festivals, things like that. Awesome. Yeah, that was that was really interesting and totally deserved. I'm sure anyone who watches the movie will agree with me. The film will agree with me. Thanks for sharing. So what would your advice be then to aspiring filmmakers? I think if you, I suppose the first thing is just based on my own experience that I think you'll get this, you'll always have this notion of like the gatekeepers of, you know, that you had to go to film school or you had to do X, Y, or Z. Um, You know, what I'm trying to say is I think there's a lot of transferable skills in other, like if you're a writer of whatever it is, plays or stories, you know, there's no reason why you couldn't work in screenwriting or adapt your work for screen. If you're interested in working for the screen, if you're a director of theater, you know, it's not a huge, it's not as huge a leap as people would like you to think it is to, um, you know, look at, look at, you know, those transferable skills. So basically what I'm trying to say is if you don't go to film school, don't panic. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) You know, I think that things like that are excuses and reasons to kind of keep people out. And sometimes they're the excuses that we use ourselves to not try something. And there's some really exciting short films being made by people who worked in theatre and now work in film in in Ireland. And it's really great to see um, because there's, you know, talent 
is talent regardless. There's some great, great work being made. And then the second thing is, it sounds very simple, but it, it kind of is, is advice I got from a theatre maker that I worked with, Gary Keegan in Broken Talkers. He just said, surround yourself with good people. And it's really true. I mean, if you, you know, if you work with good people and if you are, you know, if, if, if and if you surround yourself with good people then uh, who push you and encourage you and also you know are truthful with you or tell you if something's not working and like those type of collaborators are invaluable and be that collaborator for other people as well you know I love that be that collaborator for other people I also love what you said about if you don't if you've not been to film school don't panic I think that's um, yeah that's so important especially I think for an industry that is gatekept and we know that we know we know that it is so no that was really sure. valuable that's the end of our chat that was so much fun. Sinead, you mentioned that you never quite know where or at which festival a film will resonate. And I'm so glad that Lamb resonated with us. I loved it. It's exactly the kind of film that we want to be giving a platform to and celebrating, and of course, celebrating you and your vision and your work. Um, but um, on that note, yeah, thank you for chatting to me. Lamb is a great film. I'm so glad that I got to talk to you about it. And thank you to all of you at home or on the train or lying in bed or out on a walk or wherever you are and wherever you find yourself listening for tuning in. Of course, subscribe to our Spotify to hear interviews with some of our other Women X Filmmakers too. Thanks, everyone. 